Hi, and welcome to a special edition of Pasha. My name is Godfred Boafo. Thank you for joining us. This is the first of a two-part series looking into controversy in South Africa over the call to prayer. Setting the scene for us is Thomas Cogan, a senior lecturer in property law at Wits University in South Africa. He starts by explaining what happened between a madrasa, an Arabic word for a learning institution, which used to call out the call to prayer, and the complainant. Thomas discusses what the controversy is about and the laws surrounding it. So the controversy emerged from a case recently delivered by a judge in the KwaZulu-Natal High Court which uh, concerned a typical uh, neighbor law dispute in South Africa. One neighbor, it is I think fair to say, was unashamedly Islamophobic in his views and objected to the sounding of the Adan or the call to prayer from an adjoining property which belonged to the Madrasa Talimuddin Islamic Institute in Isipingo Beach in Durban. And the question was whether the sound that emanated from the madrasa's property was a nuisance in our law and unfortunately the judge effectively found that it was by um, interdicting the sound from going beyond the property boundaries of the madrasa. What does the law say in terms of noise pollution and what about freedom of religion? Neighbour law is designed primarily to ensure that neighbours can still be neighbours. Uh, it recognises that sometimes property owners use their properties in ways that irritate their neighbours uh, and not only serves to, form, to provide a form of relief for this irritation, but also to inculcate a more harmonious environment in the process. And to do this, a judge is required to consider what is reasonable from both perspectives, considering factors such as, uh, is the complainant simply being overly sensitive? What is the character or the locality of the neighborhood? Is it ordinarily quiet? Or is it a more active, noisy neighborhood? If there is noise emanating from a property, such as the court to prayer, is there any broader social benefit in this nuisance as understood in terms of South Africa's constitution? And here, you know, a court would consider the noise as a key component of the freedom and practice of religion, both of which are protected in our Bill of Rights. When the man took the case to court, how did it play out? I can't say how it played out exactly, but I can say what was reflected in the court's decision. And what was reflected was unfortunate. And this was because the judge almost exclusively only considered the case from the complainant's point of view. It really was only his use and enjoyment that seemed to matter to the judge. There was no consideration of the madrasa's point of view, and that in fact, the madrasa's ownership right in their property would entitle them to sounding the court to pray. In your opinion, was it the correct decision? No. For one, the judge did not grant his decision in neighbor law principles. There were, in fact, very similar cases that the judge could draw on. And in line with the doctrine of precedent, 
which we understand as quite foundational in South African law, a judge would be required to consider these cases and how they may influence the outcome of his own decision. Instead, the judge delivered rather general missive. But far from this missive considering the interests of both parties, it really only considered the interests of the complainant. So principally from the fact that there was no consideration of neighbor law principles, one can say quite emphatically that, that it was not only an incorrect decision, but it was a poor decision. Can you explain neighbor law and the link to Islamophobia in this instance? So neighbor law is often used globally, in fact, as a tool by entrenched communities to push back against the changing nature of a neighborhood. Because neighbor law is mistakenly positioned as about maintaining peace and tranquility, it is employed as a way of resisting change instead. In our case, neighbor law became a tool through which the complainant articulated his Islamophobia. The complainant, in fact, described Isipingo Beach as now being, quote, a Muslim enclave, a statement which not only harks back to our past of racially segregated neighborhoods and forced removals, but which also lays his Islamophobia out in the open. And in light of this, a court should be incredibly weary of viewing his complaint as presenting a legitimate neighbor law dispute, especially given how it is laced with Islamophobia. Is this really a complaint about the call to prayer, or is this merely an attempt by someone to dictate who he wants his neighbor to be? So how could the judge have gone about making a better decision? Principally, the judge was obliged to consider the madrasa's use and enjoyment of their property, uh, in addition to the complainant's use and enjoyment of his property, and that the madrasa's use and enjoyment of their property may include the court to pray. He would have considered the duration of the noise, the times at which it occurs across the year, the actual noise levels measured, measured in decibels, and what would be reasonable in the circumstances. He would have considered the, um, the madrasa's rights to freedom um, of religion and the right to practice one's religion, and the extent to which the enjoyment of this right can be circumscribed by other rights. And ultimately, the judge would have sought a resolution to a dispute that satisfies, as far as possible, both parties' interests and in light of what is reasonable. To simply ban the court to pray from emanating beyond the boundaries of the madrasa's property is absurd, especially in a context where our diverse urban communities reflect the diversity inherent in our constitution. So what happens now? Is the decision final? No, it's, it's not final. I don't believe it's final. Um, it is a decision of a single judge in the High Court, which means it can be appealed either to a full bench of the High Court, which is where three judges would hear an appeal, or to the Supreme Court of Appeal, which is a court that is one level higher than, than a High Court. 
Uh, and then it's even possible to, to appeal it further to the Constitutional Court, which is the highest court of courts in South Africa. I would like it. I would like the decision to go all the way up to the Constitutional Court because I believe it represents an important issue that would benefit from the insight of our higher courts. But perhaps because the applicant represented himself and because he has such a poor case, it may not go much beyond an appeal at a high court level. However, this this of course would be up to the madrasa concerned. That's it for part one of the case on the call to prayer. Tune in next week where we understand more about the call to prayer, its significance and importance in Islam. Thanks to our guests for the insights and thank you for listening in. My name is Godfrey Boafo and this episode was produced by Ozer Patel. Chat to you soon. Bye.